Well, great. Well, let's jump back into the Word this morning. I love our series that we are on in Ephesians. Enthusiastically. We've talked about multiple things. We've talked about parenting, and we've talked about obeying our parents. Parents in the room are like, yeah. And we've seen almost every time that Paul, he speaks, and he's like, do this. He talks about being in the Lord, and it goes to one person like children obey your parents. And then he always ends it up with the other side. And dads, parents, don't provoke your children. Well, what do you have to say that for, Paul? Like, why, why couldn't you just stop one verse earlier? Or wives, submit to your husbands, right? A, a few verses, but then there's a bunch of verses, like eight or nine verses that are on husbands. Die, literally die for your wife. Literally lay your life down for her as Christ did the church. There's something about realizing that we are called to be the church and we're called to do what the word says, not what we want all the time, not what we think all the time, definitely not what culture would say, but what does the word of God say? Now this morning we're going to look at another set of scripture, Ephesians 6, 5 through 9, and it talks about bond servants, about our service, our work, and masters. And we're going to read it and then dive into it. It says, Bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him. Now, as we look at this portion of Scripture, in their day, this thought of bondservants or of slaves and then masters was very vivid, very real. It was a very high percentage of the population would have been servants, maybe as high as a third of the people would have been enslaved or bond servants or connected uh, to their masters. That was just early uh, church or in this time period that was normal. Now in the church, all throughout, we begin to see people like Paul, who as we saw in the last verse said, the master and the bond servant are equal. There's no partiality. There began to be a breaking down of this slave or bondservant mentality, begin to, to be a thing that says all of us are equal. All of us are together, including in their season, even when we talk to husbands and wives, what Paul said in chapter 5 was a big deal in their culture. That was a big deal. And even in this time period where there was this bondservant mentality or this slave mentality, it was a little different than you could say a couple hundred years ago or a hundred years ago even uh, in America and what slavery looked like here. Most of the time there was the ability to gain your freedom, but you got paid for what you did. You didn't have any choice of what you did, but once you, if you wanted to, you could save your money and you could pay to become free. A lot of times in their day, in fact, people would be freed. They would buy their freedom. And many times the, the bondservant would actually connect themselves to that, that master and would become a part of the family, maybe even taking on the name. Now, not all the time, but sometimes that would be something that would happen. But on the other side of that were masters who were abusive, who were terrible, who treated their people that were under them very poorly, and that abused, I mean, there's no other word, but abused them in that relationship. 
And as I was studying this and looking at this, I believe that still today there are people that do a good job of leading and of having employees, and there's some that may not do as well. There's people who do a good job of serving. There's people who do a good job of, of serving their company or their boss, or their, and there's sometimes a struggle. But I think the church should be the best workers and the most caring people in the world. We should love people. Now, when I think about Radiant Life Church, uh, Pastor Dave and Kay, they are founding pastors of my parents, and they right now, they are interim pastors at a church uh, in Newark for a month or a couple months here, so they'll be back soon, and they miss being here. Dad's like, oh, I, I hate not being at church, on, our church on Sunday morning. But he's blessing, and we're blessing them as they're working through transition at that church, and so they're really uh, a huge blessing to the church there. But when I think of my dad, if you've known my dad, some of you for many years, he is one of the most hardworking people that I've ever known. In fact, I, I don't know anybody that is more hardworking than I know. I mean, he's, he's my dad, and it was at home, it was at work here, it was at church, it was when he was the lead pastor. But it has been the same even on the other side as I'm now the lead pastor. And he told me for years before we transitioned that he wanted to be the best maintenance man that I never had. He wanted to serve and pour in and do and do and do. And in fact, during COVID, and then as we've gone, this entire room from sound panels that used to be green that are now black, he hand did those with my mom. They cut it, they attached them, they got it, it looks awesome in the room. He painted every wall in the room. He put new lights, all of the lights above you are LED lights rather than the old lights, which took our huge amount of power bill to run this room down to like 120th of what it was before. Saved tons of money, and instead of buying new fixtures that would cost hundreds of dollars, he bought the guts of it and remade each one of them so it cost like four dollars per light instead of a couple hundred per light. My dad is someone who just serves and just pours out and does it over and over and over again. My dad is someone that if it's something fun to him, like that, that would be a fun project, changing all these things, having mom try to pull a scaffolding around this room, like that's fun to dad. Or if maybe a job, I'm trying to think, plunging a toilet or fixing a toilet, I don't think that's my dad's favorite thing, but when something needs done, if you know my dad, he gets the plunger or gets the pliers and takes the toilet off and fixes it and gets whatever's clogged in there and gets it on. He does whatever it is, and he does it with joy, with enthusiasm. And when we read these verses, you begin to realize and you begin to understand why or should I, maybe is the question, have the same energy and excitement to change a toilet or to get a clog out of a toilet as I do something I really enjoy or maybe bringing it real close to home for maybe some people in the room. There's probably some of you who love your job. In fact, if you love your job, could you raise your hand real high like you love your job? You love what you do? Okay, I'm not going to make anybody else raise your hand. But there's some on the other side of that that you'd say, I do not love my job. I okay, maybe would even use the word, I hate my job. But it pays the bills. I get it done. I don't like— I'm going to go too far. Maybe I don't like the people. I wish I could never see them again. I know some of you, I've talked to some of you, that's just the true feeling. But when we look at what the Word of God says, I don't think He gives us space to 
hate the people where we are at all, right? We're to love. He doesn't give us the space to slack off even if we don't love it because he calls the children of God to obey your earthly masters and with fear and trembling. Okay, I'm just real fast. I think in our day and age, that would entirely not be okay, right? We would say, you, you, they shouldn't make you fear them. And hopefully your boss doesn't make you fear them. But the Bible's saying we should serve our earthly masters, our earthly boss, the earthly ones in authority in a way where like Jesus, like we're to fear, we're to respect Jesus, we're just supposed to do that with our earthly boss. Which means if I work at Taco Bell, I'm supposed to serve my manager at Taco Bell, like I'm serving Jesus? Or if I work in a place I love, I'm supposed to serve that boss still, like Jesus, to that sort of love? That's what Paul would call people to. And even in their day, remember, this bondservant thought, someone who is literally a slave, you are to serve your master, even if that master doesn't treat you like they should. Even if it's not what you'd want it to be. Even if the situation doesn't look like you would want it. When you serve your earthly authority, you are serving Jesus. So he says, serve with a sincere heart. Serve with everything you have, no matter what it looks like, as you would Christ. Oh, Lord Jesus. Kids, that was enough. Don't provoke. Husbands and wives dying. Okay, loving our— all. But I have to serve my boss that I don't like like I'm serving Christ? Like, church, that's what the Word says. I can't change it. The Word lays it out there. And verse 6 and 7 goes on, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ. He tells them it doesn't matter. In fact, you should do everything exactly the same whether anybody is around or if nobody's around. You don't work hard or you don't serve when there's a group and then when they're not around, slack off and take it easy. You know, when we think of our world that we're in and there's still a lot of people that do work from home and that's awesome and what a cool idea. It should be the exact same if your boss is sitting in the room with you and if your boss never sees you, you should work the same way because we're doing it as to the Lord, not so someone would see it, not so someone would give us a raise, not so whatever would happen, but because I'm doing it as unto the Lord, which Lord, that means I need to serve with my whole heart. I believe Jesus sanctifies common duties, showing you how to perform them in the light of heaven. And if we continue uh, there in verse six and seven, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man. Is it possible that we really get to see our character not in the things we enjoy doing? Dad loves the big projects. In fact, I'm excited, just have to let you know. Uh, we are about to start here in a couple weeks. You're going to start seeing it. The back row of this section right back there is going to end up looking like the back row of our far right section over here, your far left section, which would be where it's a perfect place for, for wheelchairs or people that need a more hard, rigid chair to be so that we don't have those that need that space to have to be in the corner of the room where we don't use the seats right now. 
right? That sounds like a good thing. So I came to dad and said, hey, dad, can we get rid of the back row, except for the outside chairs, make it mirror that side? And dad's like, come on. He's like, this is awesome. He starts talking about it. We come in. He's like, we're going to do it this way and this way. Like he loves that. But what about the stuff we don't love? And for you, it might be entirely different. Your mind works different. You're like, I never want to work with a hammer or a screw gun. I'm not going to ever figure out how to make that floor flat when it's on a slope. Like, that's just not your thing. But what does God have you doing? And what if it's not the thing that's exciting, but it's the thing that's mundane? Lord Jesus, let the common things, the things of do, that I just have to do, let it be me serving you with all my heart. I was thinking there may be stay-at-home moms in the room that you don't go to work but you work all day, every day, and you prepare, and you cook, you clean, you do all the things, you take care of children, and maybe some days it feels like it's just the same common duty. It's just the same thing. It doesn't matter. Why do I even care? Why do I—you know why we care? Because those common duties at home, or at work, or at church, or wherever we are— it's not to that kid or to our spouse or to someone who either does or does not see. It's to God in heaven who's with us and walking with us. You don't have anything common in your life. There's no common thing that you do. There's nothing where you don't need to worry about it. There's nothing where, oh, well, who cares? I'm just going to uh, mail this one in. Because God is with you. He sees you. And everything we do is, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to honor you. Maybe you're retired in the room today. I want to encourage you. You might not go to work every day, but what is it that God has you doing? Do it to the best of your ability for the glory of God, that a neighbor or a friend or a son or daughter or a grandchild would see God in you. You don't get to just stop. No, we get to do everything for the glory of God and church the common things. The common things, they're not common with God. All of a sudden we realize everything we do matters. When we do it unto the Lord. We just serve with a sincere heart. Serve with a whole heart. But I believe something happens when we start to really serve this way. Verse 8 says, Knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or free. There's something that happens and back from the Lord, I would say serve with the free heart. When I begin to realize, Lord, I'm going to give you everything I am, sincere and whole heart, I'm going to serve, I'm going to lay out. Then we truly walk and begin to walk in freedom and the freedom of God when I no longer do my work based on what I enjoy and what I like, but based on what God has called me to do and I do it with 100% of my life. Then I get to walk in freedom because I don't go to work, and I'm like, I hate this. I don't want to do this. I, no, Lord, you have me here, so I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Lord, if it is changing toilet paper, I'm going to be sure that it's rolled the right way over the thing, so it's the best of my ability. Lord, if it's at my house, and it's sweeping the carpet for the thousandth time, Lord, I'm going to sweep it to the best of my ability. And if you're one of the got to have the designs in the carpet, then Lord, every time I'm going to put the designs in the carpet. What has God called you to do? Do it with everything. And maybe, mom, you're at home and you do that, and then the kids come and they ruin it. The next time, do it to the best of your ability. Because it's not to that kid or to a spouse, it's to God. Whatever we do, we do it as to the Lord. And then we begin to realize, Lord, this is freeing. Because it doesn't matter if that room gets messed up one more time. It doesn't matter if you have to do that thing you just really don't like one more time, because 
I'm free. I'm doing it for the Lord. I'm doing it for the Lord. It's not for eye service. It's not because somebody made me. It's not because I have to, but the Lord put me here. The Lord put me in this house. The Lord put me in this job. The Lord put me in this serve team at Radiant Life Church or wherever we go. And I'm going to do everything I can for the glory of God. Freedom comes as we realize what we do means so much more than only what we see. And when we begin to let God use us and everything is pouring out love to God and to those around us, then we can walk in freedom because it's not about the results. It's not about who says what or who gives us praise. Now, men in the room, every once in a while, I would suggest, actually daily would be good, tell your wives, I love you. Thank you so much for all you do, right? People at your work, tell them, hey, thank you for what you do. If you're the boss, thank you. That was awesome. Great job can say on Friday night, we had a movie night here. It was awesome. We had probably 300 people. We had 75 cars right out back uh, over there behind our building. It was so much fun. And our team, they killed it. I did my part, which is try to get the super expensive projector down without breaking it. And it's working today. So the Lord, I did my part. Okay. And everybody had every part. Team, you did wonderful. And there were another group of volunteers that just came to serve, right? Thank you, right? We need to be people that pour out praise to people, right? Let's give them a hand. Come on. And every Sunday morning, there's people in the room with their surf shirts on that have been in kids' church, and now we're, thank you, right? We're so thankful. But you know what? Even if I'm never thanked, or even if you're never thanked, do we do it so that someone says thank you? Or do we do it because God's watching and God's moving and God's going to repay? God's going to bless when I'm obedient to him. And when I stop wanting the praise and I stop wanting and instead I start to be the one that gives the praise, that gives glory where it's due, obviously God, that kind of glory, but says, awesome job, go after, you're doing so good. Then I no longer walk in this bound thing of what do people think and our people and uh, you know, all these things we can do so easy, all of us. And instead, I'm like, who can I thank? Who can I encourage? Who can I bless? And Lord, how can I just do what you've called me to do? So when it feels like there's nobody that's given praise, that's all right, because God, he's called me here. And if God's called me here, I can do it one more day. It doesn't mean we can't ask, Lord, I don't like this place of employment. If you would have something for me else, right? We can ask the Lord. But if the Lord says, have some patience, stay where you are, then I want to encourage you to grow and do the best possible job you are wherever you are. Do it to the best of your ability and you will be blessed. You will be honored. Serve him. You'll receive back from the Lord. Whether you're the bond servant, whether you feel like you're on the bottom rung, or whether you're free, or maybe you're the boss and you feel like you're on the top rung, are you doing it for the glory of God? Are you doing it all for him? And the last thing before we close this morning is verse number nine. Masters do the same to them and stop your threatening knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with him. And I think over time we've gotten in trouble as humans, slaves and free. We put people, we want people to be bound by us. Even in a free society, we, we are up here and they are down here and we're the boss and you should do what I say and da 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 
And church, the Bible made clear when it wasn't popular and the Bible still plays today. It's true. It's powerful that whether you're at the top rung of some made up ladder or you feel like you're at the bottom, whatever that means with God, we're all the same. It doesn't matter if you've got the big, huge mansion or if you're just barely surviving and just have enough food to put on the table. We're the same. There's no partiality with God. We don't look at someone and say, oh man, they're, they're big because of what they have or who they are or because they have a lot of people working for them. Church, we had better be a people that serve no matter where we are, no matter what we feel like, no whether it's going exactly like we wanted it to go or maybe we're, we could be discouraged if we want to be honest. We say, Lord, this is where you have me, and I'm going to be faithful. This is where you have me, I'm going to be faithful. This is where you have me, and I'm not going to overlord a place of authority over somebody in, below me. In fact, church, we should be the most caring and loving people. We should be people that pour praise on those around us. We should be people that encourage and build up, whether it's in a job or in our house or at our church or in the grocery store. Oh, that was awesome. I saw what you did. Encouraging, building up. There should not be threats. There should not be things that are going to tear down. Because that person, our God loves just the same. And there might be moments as a boss where you have to lay down the law. Like, we got to have a conversation. But how are we doing that? What's that look like? Are we encouraging and building up? Or are we just tearing people down? We have to be careful in our relationships and who we are to love our world, to serve with a sincere heart, to serve with our whole heart, a free heart, because He is using us and we're doing everything for His glory. And to serve with a humble heart. That whoever it is, wherever they are, Jesus came down from glory to live on this earth, to die for you and me. In Mark chapter 10, 43 through 45, it says, But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many." And if we ever think we are above serving, if we ever think we're above fixing the toilet when the toilet needs fixed, if we ever think we're above helping somebody, then maybe we're like, why do they do it that way? I don't think that's our number one concern. It's, Lord, what are you calling me to do? You want me to help my brother, my sister? I'm going to serve. I'm going to pour love out. My dad, I want to be the maintenance man for you that I never had. When you lead something for 38 years, I believe. And then you turn into the maintenance man and hey, what you need today? That's hard. That's hard. But my dad, he was a model for this church, this house for a long time, and he still is. If we do what we do for the glory of God. And my dad, he's hilarious. So often he'll come and be like, hey, anytime, anytime you want me to go away or you want to stop paying me or whatever, uh, that's fine. Anytime, you just tell me. Like, Dad, I hope you're not quitting. Please don't quit. <laughs> but are we in a place where, Lord, I don't need, it's not mine and what I have and what I want, but it's all you. Lord, I'll serve you in this role as long as you want me to. And then I'm going to step into whatever role you give me next. So today, if you come in and you're struggling, maybe at your work, the place where you are, in the place of your life and your home, if you are just struggling, I want to encourage you today. I want to, I would ask you, I would beg you today, let's take the Word of God, the truth of the Word of God, and Lord, would you help us serve? And if you're struggling today, ask Him, Lord, I need to have an attitude adjustment. I need to have an attitude adjustment. I need to 
fix one more car or flip one more burger or put one more number in the right spot on some document for somebody that might not even know your name. But Lord, you've got me here for this season. I'm going to do it for the best of my ability. Be the best nurse or doctor, whatever your thing is. I'm going to be the best parent. I'm going to do it for the, to the best of my ability because I'm not doing it for this person. I'm doing it for you. And watch as freedom comes over your heart, your life, as we humble ourselves. Lord, tomorrow I'm going to have a different attitude than I did on Friday at my work. Lord, I love you. It's amazing how the Lord and the Word speaks and how we deal with people, how we deal with our spouse, how we deal with our kids, how we parent, how we work. That's just in two chapters in Ephesians. The Word of God, church, changes and transforms and makes new. And I want to encourage us to be a people that let this be the guide for every part of us. Not the parts we like or want, but the parts that He wants to show you. Let the Word of God make you new, because He will. He'll do it. He'll bring freedom to your life. He'll set you free. That's who our God is, because He came and died on a cross, left heaven for you and me, lived a perfect life so He could be our sacrifice so that we can say, Lord, I'm going to work today really hard and every day because I'm doing it for you. And watch as he moves you and molds you and makes you and brings freedom and wholeness to your life, even in places you thought could never be, not because of how you worked, but because you honored the Lord. Not because of how good of a husband or wife you are, but because now you're honoring the Lord and now you start to serve and lay your life down. And all of a sudden marriage gets good. It's fun. Not because you're a great parent or you struggle, but because you say, Lord, oh, I don't want to provoke my children. I want to love and train and build up. Lord, I want to love the people around me and I need you because I, I struggle. He'll do it in your life. Are we in God? Are we enthusiastically living our life for the glory of God? Because if so, whatever your situation, maybe it's rough right now. It doesn't need to be rough forever. He's got you. He loves you. Let's give him everything. And you know, before we leave this morning, maybe in fact across the room, if we could just bow our heads and close our eyes, we're going to close in a, just an opportunity. If someone doesn't know the Lord today, and we close our eyes, not because it's some religious thing, but just so we can focus, just so we can let God speak to us. And if you're here and you say, I've never given my life to Jesus, I've never made him the Lord of my life. And today, I want to serve this God. I want him to take my sin and shame away. And if he's the one that I serve, and then he comes back and blesses and brings freedom and life. I want that in my life. And you say, I want to repent of my sin. Then today, all we have to do is ask him. In fact, as a church, we're going to say a prayer together. And maybe you've never given your life to the Lord, or maybe you have, but you're just not where you should be. And if you say today, I need Jesus. I don't want to do this myself. I don't want to go to work myself. I don't want to be in my home myself. I don't want to do life myself. Then I want to encourage you today to open your heart. All you have to do is have faith. And we're going to pray together. We're going to agree together. And then we're going to celebrate. We had two in the first service who said yes to Jesus. And if that's you right now, you say, I want Jesus. Would you just raise your hand? We're not going to make you come to the front or do anything. But if you'd raise your hand so I can agree with you. Start over to my left, your right. Anybody, you say, that's me. I don't want to miss anybody. I want to catch you if that's you today. I want to know Jesus. Yep. Thank you. Anybody else? Say, that's me. Come on. 
You can put your hand down. Today, church, could we pray? Could we agree with at least one today on this service who's saying, I want to know Jesus? If you would, repeat after me. If this is first time you're rededicating, just let's, let's mean it with all of our heart. Dear Jesus, I love you. And I want to make you the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of what has hurt others or myself. Be all in all in my life. I love you. You're so good. In your name, amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's give a, a clap this morning. Thank you for saying yes to Jesus. Church, let's be a people that honor our Lord in work, in service, in marriage, in parenting, as kids. Let's do it. Let's love our world this week. Take Jesus to our world. And this week, would you keep these kids just uh, that today, five in this service, one in the last service, would you pray for them, pray for their families? Let's keep them in our prayer. Thank you, family members, for coming today. You have a big responsibility, grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles and all the family, to pour into these kids whenever they're in your care. So do we, church family. Right after service, we have what we call Party with the Pastors. And if you're new to Radiant Life, you want to just know a little bit more, Pastor Rachel and I, we would love to meet you, to say hi, just to greet you and welcome you to Radiant Life Church, answer any questions we can. That's right on the other side of this wall in the glass room. And uh, we'd love to meet with you for five minutes, then you can go uh, take off. It won't be long, but we just want to get to know you, put a name with a face, and uh, hopefully answer any questions you have. Church, this week is our groups weekend. If you're a part of a group or if you're not, sign up. You can always join us at Foundations. We love getting together in small groups and people's houses, eating food together. It's always good. So this week, church, we love you. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Party with the pastors starts right now.